Jock number nine. And there's something that I really don't like about getting older. You think it's never going to happen to you, right? You look at the mirror in your 30s. You look at the mirror then when you're 40 and you're 50. And you think, you know what? That's still me. But gosh, am I old. And you would think that, you know, maybe the receding hairline, maybe uh, starting to bald a little bit. That would be the thing that causes one of those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting old. But no, what's actually causing it is my inability to run at full speed. Not like literally run, like, you know, pick up your legs and run and, you know, do the physical activity that all of the athletes do. No, it's not. It's not doing that. It's not like actually... It's not physically running. It's the ability to like, you know, run your life, like get up and go do stuff. The inability to do that while tired. Like I'll notice this and I don't know if you guys notice any of this uh, happening too, or if this does happen to you. I'd be curious. When did this start happening? Like at what age did this start happening to you? Right. Where you'll notice that, you know, it's a lot harder to get through the day on a low amount of sleep and I don't know if that's me or whether or not I've got like vitamin deficiencies or some kind of chemical deficiencies or some kind of chemical imbalance but I'm noticing that like I'll go through the day and if I don't get you know seven to eight hours of sleep that day that that day's just f***ed, right that day's it's all over you know you are not a functioning human being you're walking through the day like you're a zombie just waiting for Carl to that's the walking dead character, right? I'm pretty sure I never watched walking dead cause it, it's terrible. <laughs> and I say that not having watched it. I'm just going to be one of those people. Look, I didn't watch it. It's terrible. I know. Trust me. I know, but you'll be one of those people that's like going through your life, not having a decent amount of sleep. And I've started to notice that about myself too, where also I'll notice that, you know, as soon as my body hits like a certain time of the day, or as soon as you reach like a certain time of, all right, I've been awake for what's the, what's the normal time that people are awake for? I guess some people are up from like 6am to maybe 10, 11pm. How long is that? And that's 16 ish hours, right? Ideally. But once you hit that hard 16-hour mark, right, that's when your body starts to shut down. Like, you'll find it hard to concentrate. You won't be able to hold conversations with people. Your brain will start to spin off in random directions when people are trying to talk to you. Like, you'll just stare into space like, uh, what? And I've been noticing a lot of that, too, as, uh, as I've gotten older. That's probably the thing that hurts the most. Again, it's not the receding hairline. No, it's not that. In fact, don't don't notice that. <laughs> Just don't pay attention to that at all. Instead, it's it's not being able to function on anything less than like six, seven, eight hours of sleep, and then your body shutting down at a certain time. Because I remember, I remember the days, and you guys probably remember the days too, right? You remember the days where you'll be able to stay awake at 
just ungodly hours and you'll be able to maybe go to work the next day or do whatever you got to do the next day on a very small amount of sleep and you know it's it's just fine you just you just write that day off as a loss and man i i felt that this week because i just got back from uh florida right i went to florida and went to go see my mom and i also went to go quit my job kind of i i mean they wouldn't let me continue to work remotely so i guess i would call that i voluntarily quit versus got fired i don't know you know that's open to interpretation quit got fired quit got fired i don't know i'm still undecided on that i'll find out when i try to collect unemployment and i'm unable to (laughs) i'm pretty sure technically i quit but I basically got fired because I moved to Tennessee and they're not letting me work remotely anymore. But regardless, that's the point. Or it's not the point. I had, uh, this is why it is not safe. I would almost say, look, I don't recommend doing either of these things, but I would argue that driving Depends on what kind of drunk you're talking about here. Now, I don't, I don't drink anymore. You know, I'm a, I'm a good, wholesome Christian that just does not drink. I don't do anything. Just totally straight edge now. That's not a bit, by the way. Also, the last episode was not a bit either. And we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. But look, we got to start off by having some fun, right? I said that's what we were going to do. We're going to have fun. And then we'll get down to business. Trust me, we will. But I got back from Florida, right? And the drive from Florida to Tennessee is, it it depends on what route you take. It could be like 12 hours. It could be eight hours. It could be nine hours. I did it in the middle of the night, right? I left at around uh, 8 p.m. And since it's driving in the middle of the night, you can like just slam down the highway at 90 miles an hour the whole way. And I can get here. I think my record was like a little over eight hours. It's nice, by the way. There are some areas that, uh, you know, you just drive. Ooh, you, you drive up. There's this ski town in North Carolina called, I'll get to the point of the story in a minute, but there's this ski town in like North Carolina that's called Asheville. I guess they're trying to be like, uh, like Aspen light. <laughs> Aspen light. Right. And the basically the last, I would say, hour and a half of the whole trip is just winding mountains like it's all uphill and mountainy and there's creeks and there's nature and there's like uh, mountains that they just like can blast through in order to make a road. Think of how badly man wants to play God, by the way. Just think of that for a second. You know, I, I think, you know what? There's a big old giant mountain here, but you know what we're going to do? We're just going to blast. We're going to use dynamite and we're going to blast a hole through the mountain and we're just going to build our road. We're going to build our man-made road right through it because look, we got to get to places, you know, manifest destiny, baby. We got to build a fucking road to get to the place that we got to get to. I don't care if a mountain's in the way. I don't care at all. That, and that's what we do. 
But if you catch it at the right time, if you catch that that view at the right time, if you just so happen to be driving in that like specific area of eastern Tennessee to northern North Carolina, cats, please stop. I've been gone all day and they want attention. Don't worry, I'll I'll give it to them after the show. <laughs> but uh, so I d- I make that drive right and. I get back at like eight o'clock in the morning after having been been gone for a week and a half. Funnily enough, the cats are part of this story, right? You see them on the camera sometimes now that the camera's on. You see them like dart back and forth from the screen because they're annoying little pains in the asses. I love them though. But they are annoying little pains in the asses and me having been gone, For a week and a half, naturally. I live in a small apartment. So what are they going to do? What are they going to do? They are going to take a giant dump everywhere. That's not actually what they do. They weren't that bad. They weren't that bad. Although it was kind of unfortunate to get home from a nine-hour drive in the morning, ready to just crash all day. I was looking forward to it. Those last two hours on the road, I was just looking up at the sunrise, having a conversation with God in the morning that, you know, kind of sparks the conversation for the day. Helps your day go better, by the way. And I get home from a nice little drive, Eyes bloodshot. You know how you get those like little shadows under your eyes after you're you're tired for a while. And I try to go take a nice little nap, right? And I have two covers. I have two like blankets on my bed. I have a comforter, and then I have like this quilt that I put on top of it, right? So I don't even know how they did this. One of them must have like got under the quilt. I get a like grab the quilt, flap the quilt back, get the bed ready to go. And what do I know? There's a giant a giant cat on my bed. And I was unable to go to sleep that day. (laughs) Yeah, it was him. It was you. I don't know if it was you or if it was the other one. (laughs) Oh boy. So this was Wednesday morning, right? And Wednesdays are uh, Bible study days, right? Those are the days that, you know, we've, I've cleared out my schedule. I've learned a lot. And without fail, I will go to Bible study every Wednesday, right? And I talked about this last time, but, you know, initially I started going just for the sake of, uh, you know, social interaction. Like, hey, it's an adult. It's an adult. You're an adult. This is how you're going to meet people, right? Even if it's not something that you think is going to be fruitful, it did end up being very fruitful, by the way. But did that Wednesday night. I almost thought about, you know what my dumbass almost thought about doing is coming back and recording the show uh, (laughs) on Wednesday night after driving the whole night back to Tennessee the night before and... That just would not have been a good idea. So I basically, in a roundabout way, 
this is my argument for why sleepless driving might be a little bit more dangerous than uh, drunk driving. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not advocating to do either of them. I'm especially not advocating for drunk driving. But, you know, if you had to make a choice, right, I'll just I'll just tell you what happened on uh, I'll tell you what happened on sleepless driving, because I've gotten into some drunk driving situations and I say gotten into situations. That's very vague. Look, a long time ago, back when I used to drink, I've never gotten in as close to an accident as I got on the way home from Bible study. So (laughs) what I did was, so I'm driving basically the way back from, I drive an hour to get there, right? And on the way back, there's like a part of the road. It's basically one giant kind of highway that it's like 55 the whole way of the speed limit. And, you know, most people don't go 55. They go like 70, which it drives through, it drives through residential parts of the neighborhood. So I have no idea why people would be driving 70 in a residential area, but regardless, that's not the point. I'm driving back and I see a car, you know, driving on the other side of the road because it's a one lane road, right? You know, classic, classic lighthouse shock jock story, right? It's, it's a traffic story. Of course, of course, we're not all tired of hearing about this by now, (laughs) but, uh, so the car is driving on the other side. They're driving like in the opposite direction from me, which means, of course, since it's at night, it's like 10 o'clock at night. They've got their headlights on. And my dumbass, having not not having slept in like 36 hours, right, is making the drive. I went to go to Bible study because I'm committed to God, right? Normally, I would just sleep that off. Say, f*** it. I'm not going. But I went, of course, because... It is my duty to him. Last, last, the last episode was not a bit, by the way. Look, it might sound like, you know, it was just a one-time, that was a one-off thing. I just decided to be Christian for the day, and, you know, so be it. But, no, that's not a bit. We'll get to Lighthouse Shock Jock Bible Study at the end. Just, just you wait, people. Just you wait. It's coming. It's coming. Trust me. But, uh, so that car is coming down the other lane, and there's this part in the road, right? The part of the the lane that I'm driving on that I guess used to have potholes in it, right? You know how sometimes like when a road has potholes in it and they've worked on it before, they'll like fill in the tar in the part of the road that had the pothole on it, right? And so the road will become like two different shades of black from the two different shades of like uh, tar that they're using to fill in the pothole, I guess. And the left side of the road that you're driving on or that I was driving on was much lighter because I guess that was that was the old part of the road. And then the right side of the road was the new tar that they just dumped in whatever, you know, pothole they were trying to fill. And don't ask me how this was possible. Somebody asked me earlier today, like, uh, did you see any hallucinations on the ride home? And I had to, I had to think about it for a moment because I almost didn't remember it. I almost didn't remember getting into a, you know, fatal accident. <laughs> but you know, that that's how it goes when you're 36 hours no sleep. But for some reason, the headlights of the car that was driving in the other lane in the opposite direction of me, shining on these like two separate tar colors. 
I don't know how this happened, right? I don't know. Cats are going crazy again. Look, just look at them. Look at look at them. Those little little I was about to call them demons, but they're not. They're God's wholesome creatures. <laughs> but I I don't know how this happened. And the way that the light was shining on the tar, it made it seem like there was a box on the road. And keep in mind, this is a 55 mile an hour road. And, you know, I'm already going like 60, 65 down the road because it's like 10 o'clock at night. And here, oh, here's a key difference. That's what we're going to get to in this segment, by the way. Look, 17 minutes in. I've been in Tennessee long enough now that going back to Florida for a week and a half. Patience. Patience. Patience on these animals, man. (laughs) You can't see them on the podcast because you're not watching the video, but cats are cats are wildin'. Anyway, I don't I don't know what caused this to happen, but the light on the headlights made that tar spot look like a box. Like, I don't know what caused this, but I thought there was a box in the middle of the road. I swear. I thought there was a box in the middle of the road. I stopped my car on a street that we're going 55 and I have to take a look at this box. I have to take a look at this box. You know, my bloodshot, like looks like I have uh, eyeshadow on eyes. Stop dead ass in the middle of the road and take a look over, take a look over my window what the the f*** is that? Is that a box in the middle of the road? And it wasn't. It was, it wasn't, it was nothing. It was just me hallucinating. And I don't know why the two sides are like the two different tar colors of road. Oh my gosh. Why, why is audio having problems now? Remember this, this is all patience. It's patience, man. Everything is patience. Patience in all things. Thank you for the situation to even be able to have patience in. (laughs) It's funny now. As soon as I say, you know, all right, God, give me some patience, man. That's when the cats go ballistic. It's great. And then the audio cuts out. I don't even know if you guys heard it or if it was just something on my end. I don't know. I don't know. The segment's turning out great so far. But, uh, yeah, stopped my car, almost get hit by that car that was coming from the other side of the road. And this was at like the bottom of a hill too. Like when you drive down a hill and then you have to drive back up the hill. I don't know why. Don't know why I almost got hit by a car. A car that was coming a little bit farther behind me got really pissed off when I stopped my car. What am I going to do? I, what am I going to do? I thought there was a box in the middle of the road. Anyway, so I have, uh, so I just went to Florida on, I guess, like hybrid vacation slash work. Oh my gosh, these cats. I swear they do it every time. They wait until I'm trying to record a show and then they go just ballistic on each other. See, look at them. Look at them. 
and I still haven't fixed all the reverb in my apartment yet. So, of course, every time one of them f***ing jumps on the other one, it's, uh, it's just going to echo all throughout. So, anyway, I, I've been in... Uh, Patience. Remember, patience. Patience. Thank you, God, for these lovely cats. They are your creatures. I love them most of the time. All the time, except for right now at this very moment when I'm trying to record a podcast. Patience. Remember. Patience in all things. Patience in all things. Thank you. Thank you for for your lovely creatures that I normally enjoy their presence of most of the time, unless they're shitting on my bed. You know, then we got some problems. Then we got some problems. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been in, uh, I've been in Tennessee long enough, right? To where, you know, it almost didn't feel like a clean slate coming back this time from Florida kind of feels like a clean slate, especially given that, you know, I, I don't have a job and I, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do next, but coming, uh, up here the first time. Right. So I moved, I talked about this last time, right? So I moved up here at the beginning of December and for historical context, it is early February right now. So it's been what, two months, I guess you could call it like two months, I guess. Yeah. That sounds about right. Close enough. Two months. And, I recorded when I first got here and the room sounded like even more echoey than it does sound now. It was terrible. Like I, I didn't release it honestly. Plus it was when I was still a heretic and still kind of demonically influenced. (laughs) But, uh, I thought at the time that, you know, a week or two in, I thought, Oh wow, I'm an expert. I know all the differences, you know, I could do just a great bit. I could do a, very educational segment on the differences between living in Florida and living in Tennessee. Funnily enough, on the drive, it seems like the farther north you go when you're making that drive, the farther south you go. Like, it, it makes sense, man. If you know, you know. It, it makes sense. But now, I think I'm more of an expert in the subject matter of the real differences between Florida and Tennessee. Like, especially given that, you know, Tennessee kind of has some of the buzz on social media right now as being, this used to be Florida, right? Remember like back sort of somewhat pre-pandemic and the fact that Florida remained one of the states that was open during the pandemic and then, you know, the the blue-haired, slash pink haired pronoun warrior idiots are still on Twitter going, this state, this state just, it wants to kill me. It wants to round me up and it wants to throw me in the gulag. I I just feel unsafe. I feel unsafe. I just don't think I can go to the state anymore. I just feel unsafe. (sighs) Okay. Okay. Sure. That's exactly what they're going to do. Did you hear about the don't say gay bill? Which was not in that law, by the way. Anyway. So I thought I was educated enough at the time after two weeks of being in Tennessee to make the full definitive list of differences 
between the two states after having done it for a while. But no, that wasn't long enough. After two months, though, after two months, the differences became very apparent. They are quite clear. And I noticed this especially as I'm driving back to Florida to, you know, go on vacation. Because I a normal person, a reasonable person would would fly, right? But I had stuff to do. I had to go to work for a few days, go back to my Florida office to turn in my stuff and hand in my badge and my gun and do all the stuff. But I noticed it. And you get used to it when you're driving in Florida for most of your life. It just becomes a common like way of existing. You get used to it where everybody that's driving is either an old lady or a Zoomer that's cutting in and out of traffic. But I feel like I noticed it like right as I crossed the state line. I drove through North Carolina, drove through South Carolina, drove through Georgia. It wasn't, it wasn't this bad. People in Tennessee aren't this bad. They're just normal, average, everyday drivers. They have a little bit of patience. Like, yeah, sure, you'll still like pass people in lanes in two lane roads where, you know, somebody in one lane is going kind of slow and the other person wants to pass them. But, you know, people still feel like they do that with some sort of grace, which is not present at all in Florida. I noticed it as soon as I crossed the state line, as soon as I crossed the state line and I'm driving on, uh, driving down I-95, which is, you know, the interstate that like cuts through the eastern part of the U.S. and kind of just goes right up all the states in the south. As soon as I pass the state line in Florida, there's like giant ass trucks whose wheels are bigger than my Mini Cooper. They're like zooming in and out of traffic and it's stressful, man. It's stressful. I'd be curious, especially to like people from Texas, because when I was young, uh, when I was in seventh grade, we moved to Arizona for one year and we had to drive through Texas. And I drove with my mom, right? And I remember us getting out of Texas and we had to like stop because both of my parents, my dad driving a U-Haul and my mom driving a car, they were both like stressed out, out of their minds, out of their minds. And we had to stop so that they could de-stress for a little bit because of how just how terrible driving there was. And that makes me think, you know, we get used to, or Floridians get used to driving in that crap all the time, right? And I'd be curious if that happens to, uh, or if people in Texas are the same way, if anybody lives in Texas and wants to, all right, let me put on the influencer voice, wants to leave a comment and also follow, like, and subscribe for some reason. I don't know. But I'd be curious if that happens over there too, if people are just as terrible of drivers. Because I swear to God, as soon as I cross the state line, zoomers zooming in and out of traffic, people in trucks, you know, Gen Xers that really got to get to work. I don't know why I'm generalizing so hard on the generations here, but I wouldn't be if it wasn't true. You know, another thing that I've noticed here after spending like two months here is first of all it feels like we've rewound the clock like 10 years like for instance uh 
And I'll give you a perfect example of this. There are things that have totally gone out of style that we used to do like 10, 15, 20 years ago. And it kind of feels like I've gotten back in it, gotten in a time capsule and gone back in time. And don't get me wrong. I kind of love it most of the time, except when I want to go somewhere to pay with a card and they still have places that only take cash. It's like, dude, it's 2024. Like what? Cash is still a thing. Come on. Come on. Like, apparently, you, you go to the DMV. I haven't done this. I haven't got my license updated yet. But apparently, you go to the DMV, and you can only pay cash. What? So I went to go get my uh, my tag changed over to, to Tennessee, right, a couple weeks ago uh, before I left on vacation because my registration was expired, and I didn't want to drive for 12 hours with an expired registration, and maybe made me get pulled over when I didn't have insurance at the time and get a get a $200 ticket. I did get a ticket the first week that I was in Tennessee, but I'll look, I'll, I'll get to that story in a second. Hands-free state, by the way. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. <clears throat> but oh yeah, so I was at the I was at the clerk's office getting my like the registration on my tag or on my, what the hell is it? On my license plate, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know what the official terminology is. And the interaction with the person at the clerk's office starts going really poorly. First of all, it happens, you know, you, you can't just cut through the line. It's one of those where, you know, they set up the the barriers and you have to, like walk in and then walk to the right and walk to the left and walk to the right and walk to the left and then walk to the right and then finally you're in line. Like, are the lines ever that long? Do you really have to walk through a maze to get to the end of the line? Apparently, apparently you do. So I go through the maze, walk in the building, go to the left, to the right, 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 finally get to the window. And it's one of those windows that, you know, they cover themselves with bulletproof glass because I guess there are some people that get pissed off there, you know, enough to where they might just uh, pull one out, try to shoot the clerk on the other end of the window. And there's just one little hole, one little hole that I'm just barely not tall enough to reach, which I'm five. I'm either five, nine or five, ten, depending on who I'm talking to. Like, if I'm talking to somebody I'm interested in, I'm 5'10". And if I'm talking to, like, a friend or somebody that it doesn't matter, I'm 5'9". <laughs> Funny how that works, right? <clears throat> so I'm just barely not tall enough to reach the mouth hole. So I have to, like, kind of lean up just a little bit. And our interaction starts off terribly. Like, there's a, this poor woman on the other end, and I'm talking, and apparently I don't have that loud of a voice most of the time and she can't hear me and I can't hear her. And these windows are so damn stupid. And this interaction is not going well. Like I can tell she's starting to get like kind of pissed off because she can't hear anything. I'm starting to get a little bit pissed off because I can't hear anything. And this is a very convoluted issue too. Apparently like I didn't think it was this complicated. Look, here's my registration. Can I get a Tennessee registration? Didn't think it was that complicated, but both of our attitudes changed when a really, really Southern gentleman 
with a really southern accent, which, by the way, uh, I stand out like a sore thumb up here because I do not have a southern accent. And everybody, every single human being that I have spoken with or interacted with, period, up here has a southern accent. And look, I get it. There's a whole bunch of different kinds of southern accents. I haven't quite figured out which one is the Tennessee southern accent yet. I guess by process of elimination, it's <laughs> the one that's that most of them are using. It sounds like that would be kind of smart, right? Make that determination. I don't know. But <clears throat> this interaction at the clerk's office changes as soon as this like southern gentleman with a very thick southern accent comes in with one of his buddies. I couldn't even tell you how this goes. This this situation was so convoluted and both of them walk up to the clerk clerk next to me. I'm trying to get this situation figured out and their situation, I swear was something absolutely ridiculous. It was something like, so so I just sold him my truck, but it was a gift, right? But I just sold it to him, and I want to know what we got to fill out, what kind of paperwork we got to fill out to get my thing changed over to him and then get his thing changed over to this other truck that I have that's not a gift that he sold me, but the one that I gave him was a gift. And both me and the clerk that I'm talking to look over there, and I swear that this poor other clerk, I see the look on her face. She looks, it, it's like, you can't see that if you're just listening to the podcast, by the way. Jasper, please, what? Don't worry, I love you. Aw, poor little guy, he just wants attention. He meows at me. And then he rolls over as soon as I look at him, making it seem like I'm going to give him attention. But I'm not, I'm recording a f***ing podcast, cat. Remember, patience, patience. Thank you for this cat. He is one of my best friends. He is my best animal friend. Thank you. Anyway, so I look over, both me and the clerk that I'm working with at the same time look over to those guys, and we both give ourselves a little look, and you know exactly what look I'm talking about. It's the, oh boy, thank God I don't have to deal with this look. And then next thing you know, all of a sudden, we both just kind of sit there and listen to them for a second. And then all of a sudden, after that, our interaction changed. She's in a much better mood. I'm in a much better mood. We're cracking jokes, you know, just laughing while we're figuring this stuff out. And that'll happen in life a lot, right? Where you'll get in a situation that is uh, probably not as bad, but the circumstances that you're in make it seem like such a big deal, right? And you'll think that, you know, hey, this is the end all be all. This is it. This is the end of the world right here. What? I can't believe I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get my registration done right now. And you'll think about it as if uh, that's it. As if this is, as I said earlier, as if this is the most, the singular most important thing in the world, right? You'll think about it like that. And then you'll have a moment of clarity. You will have a perspective shifting moment that teaches you that, you know what, this isn't so bad, you know, in comparison to what it could have been or in comparison to, you know, starving kids in Africa that like, they don't know that they're starving by the way. So don't feel bad for them. (laughs) No do. No do. That's cool. Just send, send them thoughts and prayers and move on with your day. All right. (laughs) 
But you'll have one of those situations in life that like teaches you to be more thankful of the situation that you're in. And even though it's due to the fact that, you know, hey, this could be a whole lot worse. Sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes that's all you need to put things in perspective and to see the other side of this. And we ended up getting through our issue. No problem. Got my nice little tag. Didn't have to worry about getting pulled over on the way back to Florida. Until, uh, or except the first week that I was there, when I learned that another key difference between Florida and Tennessee. In Florida, you know how you can go. I, so I live my entire life by this rule. And as far as I know, most of the people that I knew in Florida also lived their entire lives by this rule, which is why it was so annoying when, you know, especially in Florida, right, where, and if you're still there, or if you're there at the moment, I don't know why I say you're still there, as if everybody I'm talking to, like, once lived in Florida and then just pieced it out. But in Florida, you'll notice how it's extra annoying when you're driving behind a grandma that is driving, like, maybe two, three miles per hour under the speed limit. Because I lived my entire life under this philosophy, and you guys might have too, right? You, you remember hearing the phrase, five, you're fine, ten, you're mine? I lived my entire life by that. And what that means is that cops generally will not pull you over unless you're going, like, more than ten over the speed limit. And look, I get there's a lot of factors here that, you know, it depends on what the speed limit is, how fast you're going, and... It, like, for instance, in like a in like a 30 or in a 20, like, all right, if you're going like 35, that's that could be a give or take. They're probably not pulling you over for that. But if you're on the highway and it's 70 and you're going to 85, dude, everybody else is going 85. I could go 85 down the left lane or not the left lane, the left lane is the lane that's the fast lane. I could be going to 85 down the middle lane and then some idiot just just cruises right through you and they look like they have to be going like 100. Cops not going to pull them over either in Florida, but they will here. They will here in Tennessee. They will here in Tennessee. I'm practicing my southern accent. Nah, that was bad. Look, I mean it with all, uh, with all earnesty or earnestness. I love most of the people that I've met here in Tennessee, so I'm trying. I'm not doing it to make fun of you. I'm doing it in an endearing way, but I've got to practice. Otherwise, I'm standing out like a sore thumb. <laughs> I got to practice. I got to practice the Tennessee accent, man. I still don't know what the Tennessee accent is, but I've got to practice it. So I get pulled over the first week that I'm here, right? And one of the things that I learned about Tennessee real quickly is that it's a hands-free state. Like in Florida, you know, you could be texting and driving or doing whatever. They don't give a f***. And in Tennessee, they absolutely do give a f***. I learned that on like day three. Day three. Day three of being in Tennessee. I was still working for the company that I was working for before I quit, got fired. Still haven't figured that out yet. <clears throat> But I see a work call come up on my phone and I've done this before, right? Where like I'll be in the middle of something and I'll decide, you know what? I don't want to answer this work call right now and I'll just put it down. But I don't know why my dumbass decided to answer it right then and there on the, in the car. 
on the way to Walmart in the middle of a work from home day. Maybe that's why I answered the phone. I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> so I answer the phone and I go into a right turning lane in a very like side side street. And there's this cop that was like trying to turn left in the left lane, left turning lane. And the cop sees me with my phone up to my hand immediately just goes right around as I turn right lights on ready to go. And I learned that day I got a $50 ticket day three of being in Tennessee. You would have thought that they, she might've given me a warning, but nope. Had to learn my lesson. Had to learn that it's a hands-free state with a $50 ticket. Hands-free state. Look, I get it. I get it. And I can't even complain because, sure, I didn't know, but ignorance isn't an excuse. And, you know, you really, I try to make it a point not to talk on the phone anyway because, A, I hate talking on the phone, and B, Look, the car, the car, car rides are me time, man. Car rides are me time. Car rides are the only time that I really sit down and like, <clears throat> well, of course you're sitting down. I wouldn't be standing driving. But cars are really the only time that, you know, and I don't know if you guys have a, uh, like a car ride ritual too, but most of my car rides are fairly long, like 45 hour plus long car drives because all the places that I go to are about that far away. But that's really the only time that I'm able to like sit down, listen to music, just kind of meditate, maybe pray sometimes. Look, sometimes that's the time to do it. You got nothing else going on. Not that you shouldn't be doing that even when you don't have anything else going on, but sometimes those are just the most opportune times to have some time to yourself. And I usually save that for the car rides. But no, my dumbass picks up a work call. Hey, hey, did you see this quote? Did you see this quote that I emailed you about? Some people. By the way, if you're one of those people that has a fake like office email job, and then you email somebody, and then immediately call them right afterwards and say, hey, did you see my email? Stop doing what you're doing. Stop doing that right now. Because I will tell you straight up, the person on the other end of that phone call hates your guts. Not all the time, but when you do that particular thing, let me tell you, let me tell you, baby, that's how it is. <laughs> I, I, I talked a little bit about the snow last week, too. I feel like it was an omen to have my first winter here in Tennessee be like the worst winter that we've had in 30 years, apparently. Don't get me wrong. It was fun, like playing with my nephews and having snowball fights and all that good stuff. But after three or four days, it's like, all right, I'm tired of this crap. I'm tired of having to watch trucks try and tow other trucks out of the snow. <laughs> oh boy. Life just feels more slow paced here. Like there's not as many damn people everywhere. Look, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm changing from last year. Only a few episodes ago where I said that I just generally hate most people, which still kind of do, but 
you know, I'm I'm getting better at that. Now I'll just hate you if there's a reason for it. Oh, by the way, one more thing. The another key difference, despite the fact that there's less people, right? You think if you're a racist person, racist person, I gotta gotta make that clear because I'm going to go on a rant against people who are racist or think that they are with no like logical reasoning for it. Right. And here's what, uh, here's what I've reasoned based on my observations here in Tennessee. So you know how you're in a more diverse area, right? And look, I get it. Stereotypes exist for a reason. A lot of people, uh, end up living up to those stereotypes. And I'm not talking specifically in a racial context here. More so that, you know, if there is a stereotype of a group of people, you know, it's hilarious when they fit the stereotype because the stereotype must have existed for a reason. But here's the thing, right? And you think, you think that if you're a racist, that you're going to have such a great time in the South, right? Because, oh, Everybody else is racist. There's no, uh, we, we must live in, have you guys seen those memes where uh, it's like the futuristic meme where it'll say, it'll give you a hypothetical situation where it's like, you know, you change one thing about the present or you change one thing about something from like 10, 15 years ago. And then all of a sudden it's like this super futuristic utopia if we just changed one thing, that's what racists think the South is like, right? Because, you know, the, the, the common racist will think, let's see if I got it. They'll think, Oh, thank God. There's no black people up there in the South. There's none of them. There's none of them black people. There's no Browns. There's no Spanish people. There's no Asians. That's what they think, right? That is what they'll think about the South. And here is why that particular outlook is wrong okay and here's what i've noticed you're gonna think that you know the south is your your white racial paradise and here's the thing try it try coming to the south if you're a racist because i have a theory that it would make you less racist and i know that goes against common knowledge but here here's my argument to that hear me out here okay people just think about it for a second, right? All the stereotypes that you assign all of the other races to, right? Like if you're a racist in the back of your head, you've probably assigned a racial group that you think, say for instance, the homeless person on the street is. That you think, you know, uh, the gangbanger driving up in a f***ing Cadillac Escalade with rap music blaring and you hear all the beats bumping and insert a whole bunch of other groups of racial stereotypes here, right? Here's the thing. Here's the thing about the South. Ironically enough, way farther north than Florida. All of those stereotypes of people in the South, guess what? 
those stereotypes still exist, but it's white people that do that stuff. It's white people that do that stuff. It's the white person that's the homeless guy, the destitute f***ing homeless guy on the street that's coming up to your window, banging on your window, asking for money. It's the white guy that's pulling up in his truck with the most gangster rap ass shit that I've ever heard in my entire life. By the way, look, back in 2004, we had wiggers. Guess what? They still exist. They still exist here. These young country kids, like... I swear to God, most of them are like blaring the most gangster rap I've ever heard in my entire life. And it's like, what what year are you in? It's 2024. We we did this back in 2005, man. Like, what? So all those racial stereotypes that you think, uh, like all of the other, the various races that you are racist towards do, guess what? Up here. That is all white people. That's all white people that do that stuff. So I would argue that that's going to make you less racist because white people are now occupying the stereotype that you hate so much that you've assigned to another race that has caused you to be racist because you think that it is exclusive, that the thing that you're annoyed by is exclusive to that race. Well, guess what? It's not how it is. It's not how it is. Uh, what do they call him? The uh, look, the guy running the Habib shop down the corner. I don't even know if that's an insensitive term or not, but if so, f- cancel me. Come at me. I don't care. It's lighthouse shock jock, baby, for a reason. Anyway, so like that Habib shop on the corner that sells you the vapes and that sells you all like the stuff that you smoke out of. I don't really do that stuff anymore, but guess what? That's a white guy. That's, that's a f- white guy now. It's not the race that you hate so dearly. Anyway, <laughs> all right, I think we've, uh, think that'll about do it for the differences. I'm sure I'll get to many of them as they come up, but it's great up here. I love it. It's beautiful. Nice views in Florida. It's flat everywhere. Whereas here, I could drive up a hill and see a mountain. As I said earlier, that's usually the catalyst to, like, start my conversation with with God that day. Nice little opportunity to, hey, all right, let's let's chat, big fella. (laughs) Anyway, so really quickly, housekeeping, a little bit of that. Talk about some stuff going on with the show. I am indeed going to return to broadcasting the show live. Cats! Patience. Patience. Thank you, God, for your lovely creatures. They are both cute and adorable, and I love them greatly. Even when they're annoying little sheds. So anyway, uh, we are going to go back to doing the show live at some point. I did want to do one more pre-recorded episode because I kind of want to just test out the new format, I suppose, where we have some fun. We are going to get to current events in a little bit. I'm going to take a break uh, after we talk about some show stuff, and then we'll get to some current events. What's the current thing out there, man? What's in the news? What's everybody talking about? 
Turns out I don't really care about most of the stuff. Instead, I found some stories that I'm interested in that I think you guys might be at least somewhat amused by. And we're going to play a game again when we come back uh, with a new context. We've played the Who Wants to Be a Hater game before where we take some cringe commercials. Now, I found two very uh, cringe pieces of material, and we're going to put them head-to-head against each other, and you guys are going to help me figure out which one of them is more cringe. I'll put it to a vote, and we will indeed pit these two pieces of content head-to-head. And I did it out of spite and out of hatred before, but now I see this stuff and it just it it just looks demonic to me, man. And not only is it demonic, but it's also more hilariously, it's just straight cringe. And I hate it. You hate it. At least you're gonna hate it. Trust me, trust me. I've seen a lot of cringe things in my life. I can't do the Trump voice anymore, man. It's too saturated. So we're going to do that. Get a couple stories out there. And then at the end, we will wrap it up with White House Shock Jock Bible Study. (laughs) The first edition. I knew it's coming. By the way, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to make a separate channel for that, a separate YouTube channel where I will cut out the last segment of the show, the White House Shock Jock Bible Study segment. And I'll start uploading those separately onto the new channel. Don't get me wrong. Look, I'm not going to cut them out of the regular show when I edit it out. As a matter of fact, what's going to happen in the future is if you want to watch the uncensored version of the shows that, you know, have all the swearing and is definitely not for kids, not that the censored version will be for kids either, but (laughs) just I'll leave those up on the YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to, by the way. If you're listening to the podcast, you can head over to uh, youtube.com slash at Lighthouse Shock Jock. I guess they do weird, stupid social media type handles now, but at Lighthouse Shock Jock on YouTube. And on that channel, if you scroll down to the bottom, it'll show you like other affiliated channels. I don't know. I haven't made it yet, so I'll tell you once I've made it, but I'm not going to cut the Bible study segment out of the regular show. Instead, I'm just going to cut it and make it a separate video and upload it to the Lighthouse Shock Jock Bible study channel just for people that want that. And which is understandable, by the way, if they just want that and they don't really want to follow current events or like, you know, have fun (laughs) or play games or take calls, or like radio bits and stuff like that. I understand. Don't get me wrong. I get it. Trying to live a wholesome life. Very God-fearing life. I fear him too. Worry not. But the show's not just about that, though. There's still stuff in life to have some fun over. Here's the thing. It's It's a healthy balance. You don't have to live a life without fun okay you just have to remember what's important at some point 
which is why we start off by having fun and then get down to business by remembering what's really important. You know, you know how it goes. You know how it be. But what I'm going to do is when I stream live, we're going to start streaming the shows live again, like I did last week. Uh, more than likely, pending, you know, whatever new hours I end up working at a new job. We'll see. I would like to think that I have enough experience to just go back to a white collar work and just work the standard nine to five, which if I do do that, more than likely, excuse me, we will, oh man, I'm going back to late night radio, people. I will be streaming the shows live uh, for the time being. I would like to expand to more than one day a week at some point, but we're going to start off, going to start off with one day a week, Wednesday evenings at... 11.30 p.m. Eastern. Math-wise, that's, let's see, minus the, th- the 3, 8 p.m. Pacific, or 8.30 p.m. Pacific, which I get is late for most people on the East Coast, but that's fine. You know, you can go back and watch the recording later. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, starting this upcoming Wednesday, it will be live show every Wednesday evening at 11.30 p.m. Eastern. Ideally, I will have my sleep schedule adequately messed up by then for it. Also, the reason that I do it is because, you know, as I said earlier, like Wednesdays are the days that I go to Bible study. And, you know, I tend to be a little bit more inspired on those days like the last show where I talked about, I did my, my testimonial, right? And that was after a day that I went to Bible study and felt particularly inspired. God inspired me that day, you know? And he called on me to do what had to be done. And so I did. And he is calling me back to the program once again live not this time this time it's just pre-recorded but next time it'll be live starting wednesday in just a couple days from now so that'll be that'll be when we broadcast live every wednesday evening bookmark it at 11 30 p.m eastern and what's gonna happen is i'm gonna leave the i'm gonna leave the uh pre-recorded version or not the pre-recorded version. I'm going to leave the live show uncensored, but when I upload the version of, you know, the live show as we do it live, when I go back and edit that, I am going to edit, you know, all the swears out and all the little baddie parts. That way it's at least, it's like TV 14. I don't know why there's a TV 14 and a PG 13 rating. What's the difference between 13 and 14? Do you, do you all of a sudden turn 14 from 13 and then all of a sudden you're able to handle just a little bit more sexual content? Is that how it works? Look, I know. Don't leave me a comment saying, yeah, but the rating systems are different. I know. It's a f- joke. That part's going to be edited out of the, <laughs> of the uploaded version, which does mean, unfortunately, that I have to sit there and listen to myself, which I don't like doing, but... 
you know, if it's for providing at least somewhat more wholesome content or at least making it possible for some people that just really don't like hearing f- Look, I get it. It's highly offensive to some people. And it is a very uh, abrasive sounding word. But yeah, it, look, if you don't like hearing f- especially if you're listening to the pre-recorded version of this, which is going to be the only version of this there is because this one's broadcast live, then uh, those I will censor. Like the final versions of the videos as I upload them and the podcast, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to hear the uncensored shows, then you that the YouTube channel is going to be the only way to get to it. So if you're listening to the podcast right now and are listening to the censored version of the show and you want to hear the uncensored version of the show, look, you can hear all the f***s you want, but you have to go subscribe on YouTube because only the past live streams, I'll leave the live streams up after they happen because the live streams get saved as a separate video for some reason, but I'll leave that up. That'll be the uncensored version. You'll see it in the thumbnail. I'll put a big old giant uncensored on it. Trust me, you won't miss it. Let's see. Any other stuff I wanted to get to? Oh, yeah, I already talked about separate channel. I'm going to make a separate channel for the Bible study stuff. And I may also make a separate channel for uh, video games related stuff. So stay tuned for that. That'll all be some stuff in the works, especially as we get back to regularly scheduled content and programming and doing all that stuff as I get it, get it set up a little bit better in here. Oh, I can't wait to start doing that because then I'll be able to start, you know, we'll start taking calls again. We'll have some guests in here. It won't just be one person talking to themselves, which don't get me wrong. I have a lot of fun doing, but would like to go back to doing the whole radio thing, except with a purpose this time and with meaning. So stay tuned for that. Cool stuff in the works. Subscribe over everywhere. Look, it's Lighthouse Shock Jock on everything. Except on Twitter. It's uh, LHSJ Radio on Twitter. Because I need the handle. Come on, Elon. I need your help here. Look, you turned it into X. I should probably be calling it X, but it's never going to be X to me, man. It's always going to be Twitter. I don't care. And I'll work on some of the other social medias as, you know, the project continues to get going. I'm excited. I'm excited. For once, you know, the tabula has been rasad, whatever that means. When I came back to Tennessee from Florida, it really felt like this time, especially as I come back with no job, that there is a true clean slate. And you know what? I'm kind of excited to see where God leads me on this. I'm excited to see what is meant to be, what is meant to happen, what is intended for the future. I'm excited for this project. Oh, man, this I've never been in this situation before, but I'm kind of excited to see where life goes. Like what? That that sounds very uncharacteristic of you of me. But I kind of am. So anyway, stay tuned for all that stuff. It's uh, Lighthouse Shock Jock on podcast platforms, uh, YouTube. I think that's it for now.
I say I might work on some social medias, but I'll tell you what, I'm never... I'll have to pay somebody at some point to make a Facebook because apparently you have to have a personal account. And I'm sorry, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I hate Facebook so much. It's the most boomer social media there is. Never doing it. Anyway, so I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we'll play. uh, We'll do a couple stories. There is some stuff out there in the viral news world that caught my eye this week. And we will also play Who Wants to Be a Hater? Round two with some cringe commercials. You guys will get to pick which one is the most cringe of the two commercials. We'll watch them together. One of them is not even a commercial. One of them is just a song that I heard on the radio on the way back here. Oh, by the way, I want this, ex- I want this example to prove to you, to anybody out there, that you can make your wildest dreams come true. If you really want something so bad, you can make it come true. You can put your wildest dreams to the test. I was coming up here bored. I was out of stuff to listen to. And I was just flipping through the radio on the way up here, on the drive back from Florida. And I come across a radio show that I listened to for one hour. I listened to this radio show for one hour. And it was a radio show about gardening. About gardening. And there was literally nothing else. The station to the left, random top 40 station to the right random rap station gangster rap station which is how i found the second piece of cringe content that we're going to get to after the break by the way stay tuned but i swear to god i listened to a radio show about gardening for one hour for one hour i sat there listening to well you see so the chrysanthemum you're going to want to plant it in a sideways diagonal direction and you're going to want to water it not too much, but you're going to want to water it just enough to where the chrysanthemum will bloom in a very neat pattern, upwards pattern. And you have to also check the pH level of... Hey, wake up, wake up. This is a exciting stuff. This is gardening we're talking about here. An hour, an hour of that. An hour of... Well, you see, if the soil level's off on the pH by just a little bit, the soil level could mess up the growing of your chrysanthemum. And of course, don't forget that you have to use a shovel shape that is not exactly triangular. You have to use a shovel shape that looks like a spade and not a triangle. Hey, wake up. This is gardening. This is gardening. This is exciting stuff. This is plants. Plants we're talking about here. But I swear, I listened to that for an hour. And if there's a guy out there that has a radio show about gardening, you know what? You can achieve anything. You can achieve anything you want in your life, man. There's a guy out there that has a radio show about gardening. (laughs) Look, sometimes you just need a subtle reminder. So anyway, we'll get to more uh, chrysanthemum gardening after the break. Trust me, no, we're not going to get to that at all, period. We'll get to some stories. We will play Who Wants to Be a Hater, part two. And then coming up at the end, we will do, of course, the first real edition. We did a little bit of it last time, but this time we're really going to jump into it. The first edition of Lighthouse Shock Jock Bible Study. So 
Stay tuned. Back in a moment. All right, we're back. And we'll get to who wants to be a hater round two in just a moment. And don't forget, we've also got the very first edition of... And this one I'm a little bit nervous about, but I'll ask for the words and he will deliver the very first edition of Lighthouse Shock Jock Bible Study in a little while, coming up in a little bit after, of course, who wants to be a hater. But first, there's this thing out there that I'm not going to lie, okay, I'm a little bit terrified of. And the reason that I'm a little bit terrified of it is because a one, it's a game and B I downloaded it. Right. And then played it, uh, for 16 hours straight. (laughs) What? 16 hours. You're 31. You're not supposed to be doing that anymore. Well, I did. Well, I did. And the scary part is, is that it reminded me of the old days of playing WoW, right? You know, when you're in your early 20s and like maybe you're in college and you don't really have anything going on and it's easy to just sit there and spend like I did many a night. It is really easy to just sit there and play it all night. And the next thing you know, it's 9 a.m. And you just spent 16 hours plus playing a game. And there's a new game that's out. And it's drawing a little bit of controversy in the viral video game world, right? It's this game called Pal World, if anybody's heard of it. And what it is, is it's this, it's been dubbed, you know, as soon as the internet gets a read on it, and as soon as it gets a clever little title. That's look, that's just what it's that's just what it's got. And this game has been dubbed Pokemon with guns. And that sounds obvious, right? It it sounds just blatant. Like yeah, that sounds great. Like why why haven't we made a game that where we're just giving Pokemon guns? Like <laughs> you know, send just send, send Pikachu out there. He'll just he's got a Oh, man, I don't know guns at all, which is going to be a problem here living in Tennessee, but I'll figure that out as time goes on. But, you know, you just send Pikachu out there. He's got a shotgun and he's, you know, taking care of business. And it seems so obvious, right? It seems so obvious. And I can only hope that this game will maybe make the next Pokemon game like not terrible. But regardless, the reason that it's causing some major controversy is actually how similar it is to Pokemon here. Let me, uh, I don't know if I can do this because I only have two monitors. I was going to turn on the screen. So you'll see it'll be, it'll be screenception for a moment. If you're watching the YouTube video, if you're watching the podcast, then I'm sorry, I just wasted the last 30 seconds of your life. But, uh, all right, so here we go. Here is some of the comparisons that are being made. And there's a lot of uh, what they call in the game pals, right? That are 
fairly similar. And if you take a look at it, you know, here's one example here of a creature in the game. I guess they're called, they're, I guess, I just spent 60, 16 hours playing the game, I guess. Like I'm trying to, you know, sound like I'm cool by not having played a game for 16 hours. <laughs> oh boy. It's scary. It's scary stuff. I have a friend of mine who wants me to play, and so I downloaded it, uh, played it for 16 hours, and it's addicting, man. It's so damn fun. It's so damn fun. You can build a base. You can, like, and it's exactly the type of game that I love playing, too. Like, you can do whatever you want. You can walk, go around, like, explore. You can sit there and build your base and just kind of do whatever you want harvest resources build up stuff but here's an example of a pokemon or a pokemon this is where the controversy comes in right is all of the creatures in the game are fairly similar in likeness to other pokemon right here's just one example you know is cute little vulpix on one side and then the pal that's called fox parks it's weird. I haven't really said any of these pal names out loud. They just sound kind of weird to say. And here's where I want to know what you think, right? Do you think that there is potential lawsuit material? Because, of course, uh, Nintendo has come out and said that, uh, or at least the Pokemon company has come out and said, all right, look, we're on the case. We are doing some investigations to see whether or not we can even have a lawsuit here because at the very least to me one of the things that it seems like is happening here is that uh a this game is just such a higher quality than any of the main pokemon games like the this game is what a pokemon game should be at least coming from the perspective of somebody that has played it before but at the same time you know you take a look at some of these these pals, some of these creatures too, and while they do look fairly similar, and I know that's just one example, like it, it's not like Nintendo has a copyright on you know uh, anime creatures or anime animals, and that's the tends to be the general kind of like uh, art style in the game, right? It's very similar. Oh look, here's here's one of them. Let me turn the screen back on for this. Here's one of them, you know. Uh, I already forget what this Pokemon is called, even though it's sitting in my base right now, working, doing stuff. I didn't give him a gun, but he's got a gun. Look, he's got a assault rifle. He's just ready to go, man. He's ready to go out into the world and just start blasting. <laughs> man, I maybe that's why Nintendo is so scared. It's because... People might think that it's Pokemon, but also Nintendo is so wholesome and very protective of their IP in a very similar way to Disney, right? Where they will go to all lengths. You know how Disney kind of goes after everybody that like even kind of seems like they're even vaguely related to Mickey Mouse? Well, Nintendo does the same thing, and they're also notorious for, you know, hating esports, stuff like that. And so they're investigating whether or not it'll even be possible to start a lawsuit and win 
a lawsuit. Now, of course, the developer, of course, right? Because there are some rabid fans and there's a, a war going on between the rabid fans on on the internet, just out there in the ether. They are making posts, looking at posts, doing their thing. And there's a war amongst those people. And there are some very, very hardcore like Nintendo fans that apparently are sending death threats to some of the developers at this company called Pocket Pair. And there's something that I really like about this game, actually. And uh, the reason that I think that it's going to be successful, A, is because, you know, just from playing the game, like, it, it's a fun-ass game, man. It's ridiculously fun. And it's also not really tainted by a lot of the big development snafus that happen you know, in the modern age where, you know, we've got our call of duties, we've got our big companies that just pump out the same, same like Madden and all the nonsense every year. And now that microtransactions and loot boxes and gotcha crap has been introduced into the world, man, it, it seems like the general quality of these game companies and their development has just ridiculously sunk. So, uh, I got, or I saw an interesting thread on Twitter. Look, I'm still calling it Twitter. I don't care what you say, Elon. It'll be Twitter forever. I, you almost got me. You almost got me to call it X, but I refused. I refuse. I won't do it. I straight up won't do it. It's Twitter now, forever, until the end of time, or until the internet explodes in a fiery blaze of glory. So, of course, uh, this thread went viral on Twitter. It's one of the highest-selling Steam games of all time. It sold 6 million copies in the first four days, which made this developer pocket pair. It made over $100 million on this game in just four days. And it's been out longer than four days now. And it only cost $7 million to make the game, right? And it was made with a very small team of developers. Again, not a giant triple-A studio that has a whole bunch of corporate intervention and trying to introduce their, you know, gotcha BS where they try and just milk more money out of you. It was actually, it was only 30 bucks on Steam. It actually, it might have been, it was either $29.99 or $39.99. I don't remember exactly. So a little bit of, uh, a little bit of details. And, you know, maybe I'll turn the screen on for this one too. That way people that are watching on, uh, YouTube, which if you're following the podcast, you can check out the video version of the show at youtube.com slash at Lighthouse Shock Jock, I guess. And I guess if if you want, just if you so choose, I suppose. So check this out. This comes from a Trung T fan on Twitter. This thread went viral because it's kind of a dump of <laughs> dump of some fun facts about pal world and its development so far the original team it was only four people and it started with ten thousand dollars and the ceo he worked at like jp morgan securities apparently and he launched his own crypto exchange in 2014 so he took all this money from crypto and got out of it and used all of those funds to work on 
something that he was passionate about. And that's where he started this company, Pocket Pair, back in 2015. The main model developer is a high schooler who the team met because he worked part-time at a convenience store they frequented. And that's something that's missing in the games industry now, right? We have this uh, endless churn of developers and whatnot. You know, a lot of them tend to lean the same way politically, which, you know, it tends to be the weenie side, right? Which kind of, you can feel it in their games, right? A lot of them are just so damn generic because they don't have real personalities. And... uh, They're all the exact same type of people. And that seems to be one of the interesting things about Power World so far, right? Is that it has a little bit of character to it. And I think that might be why so many people like it. And also, you know, of course, the idea of what if Pokemon had guns? What if I don't want to use Pikachu as another example, but there's plenty more Pokemon that are out there that you could just give a gun to. You could even give yourself a gun as the trainer. You can kill the Pokemon in the game, by the way. You just shoot them in the face and that's it. Harvest their meat, cook their meat, feed it to other Pokemon. It is kind of sick in a way, which is... If the game wasn't so fun, I can see why the Nintendo fanatics are sending death threats to these people because they're they're ruining my wholesome IP. Goes to show you what the... uh, the mindset and the inner mental state of the wholesome protector, right? Not so wholesome after all, are they? They added guns, and it's as simple as this, right? The CEO said, Americans like to shoot things. You're damn right they do. Of course they do. So what happens? You give Pokemon guns, you kind of change them up a little bit. It's like that meme, right? Or that saying, I don't even know if it's a meme at this point where you say, look, okay, just, you can copy my homework. Okay. But don't make it so obvious. It's a little obvious, but at the same time, you know, as I said earlier, it's not like Nintendo has the market on, you know, very Japanese anime animals, right? (laughs) The CEO also came out and said, look, I don't have a creative vision. I just want to make a game people like. Thank you. Thank you. That seems to be what's missing in all these modern games today. And there's some other stories about their development. And, you know, I don't don't know about development of video games, but apparently the, the team saved files in a bucket of USBs and then merged them to the main build when there was done, when they were done, whatever that means. I'm just picturing the I'm just picturing the idea of like uh, the developers like coding and saving files onto a whole bunch of USB drives and like taking them out of their computer and just slamming them in a bucket. And next thing you know, there's a whole bucket that's got a whole bunch of USBs in it. And that's the game. That's Power World. <laughs> now, there are some people I feel like it might be the staunch hardcore Nintendo people. And don't get me wrong, I love Nintendo. Nintendo is one of my favorite uh, publishers out there because they mostly, while they may be stuck in an antiquated time, at the same time, you know, they haven't necessarily also totally sold their souls like all the other game developers have. So I'm not saying that I'm totally taking a side on the Power World V Nintendo and Pokemon debate 
But at the same time, you know, Nintendo's got a tough hill to climb if they actually want to file a lawsuit and do any of this because I don't know, man. I don't think that they really have a leg to stand on. I think this game is here to stay. And earlier when the game, you know, kind of first launched in the first launched in those first few days where it was super viral and you might have heard about it, it's reached as much as 1.8 million concurrent viewers or viewers, concurrent players on Steam, which is the second highest ever for Steam's platform ahead of Counter-Strike 2 and behind only PUBG. So... I'll be curious to see exactly where this goes, right? And I want to see, too, if Nintendo or what Nintendo is going to do about it. Like, I know currently they're in the investigation phase, and I don't know. We'll see. I'm curious what you think, though. So, all right, let me put the influencer hat on again. So, uh, it does kill a little bit of my soul inside every time I have to do this. But unfortunately, this is what the YouTube algorithm deems necessary to do things. <clears throat> All right. Let's pump up for it. Let me know what you think. Don't forget to leave a comment and follow, like, and subscribe. Please don't clip that and use that against me. <laughs> I hate the internet so much. I hate it. It's also great because, you know, we have every piece of information in the entire world at the tip of our fingertips. But, you know, most of us are too stupid to use that for good. Anyway, all right, so it's time. We've played this game before, but now we play it with a little bit of a different purpose. Because, as I said last time, there's going to be some changes around here. And as there are... Last time we played Who Wants to Be a Hater, it was legitimately just with the intention for pure hate. Like, I, I just wanted to hate on things. And don't get me wrong, there's going to be a little bit of that here, too. But I also want to call out some evil and stupidity in the world, which, honestly, if both of these two things were to just straight up be removed from everybody's memory, like if they could be completely memory hold from anybody having ever seen them or watched them, then, you know, the world would probably be a better place. There's less evil in the world. The enemy will have less of control over us. And you know who I'm talking about, right? He doesn't necessarily have pointy ears and a pitchfork tail, but he comes in all forms and shapes and sizes and his iterations these two times just so happen to come in the form of one a rap song and two a sports betting commercial so let's jump into it let's play the second edition of who wants to be a hater and we've got two options here of course, as I mentioned earlier, the first one being a sports betting commercial and the second one being a rap song that I listened to on the radio on the drive back up here from Florida to come back to Tennessee as I was 
uh, coming back from vacation, I suppose. I'll get to more on that coming up in Bible study. <laughs> but, man, if this song, you know what? All right, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I swear, if this song could be on the radio, look, anything could be on the radio, man. I mentioned it in the last segment, but if a radio show about gardening and getting the proper chrysanthemums, chrysanthemum soil pH can be on the radio, anything can, man. And I've got another example of that. But first, sports betting seems to have been taking over the sports airwaves lately. And... I don't know how I feel about it. And by I don't know how I feel about it, I mean, it's f***ing stupid. It's really dumb. And I'm kind of tired of it. You'll notice that, you know, as you... Uh, I remember when the, like, analyst desk segment of football games and whatnot, or, you know, the halftime shows and the stuff where they had all the talking heads and... By the way, there's actually a guy named Boomer that's a talking head. <laughs> that's a talking head in the NFL. I don't remember what network he's on, but... All right, Shannon and f***ing Coach... Jeez, uh, what's his name? Uh, coach Cowell, the guy that was used to coach the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Boomer and Shannon. I already said him. But... You'll notice, right, and maybe this is just me, so again, like, let me know if I'm wrong, let me know if I'm completely off base here, but this is something that I've noticed watching a little bit more football this year, especially as we get into the Super Bowl this weekend, because, you know, I'm recording this the weekend of, or not the weekend of, but the week before the Super Bowl, and I watched a little bit more football this year, right, and... It seems like that all of these analyst desk segments and all of these like halftime shows and pregame shows and postgame shows, they all tend to be geared towards fantasy football now. Like they're naming off random stats that nobody cares about. They're talking about like the players to watch because of stats. And it seems like they're catering everything more towards the sports betting market. And Here's an example of this, and I happen to think that I don't want to say sports betting is totally evil, but it definitely has an evil air to it because it does have a sort of predatory backdrop to it, right? Where, you know, they try to get poor, unsuspecting people that might not be able to afford it to download some random sports betting app like I swear, if I have to watch Kevin Hart in one more DraftKings or FanDuel ad where he's doing his little like tiny man Kevin Hart thing where he's just acting wild and crazy and going, oh my God, I'm sports betting. And I, I can't, I can't, I swear to God. Uh, no, I really don't, but that was bad. But I swear if I have to hear him in one more sports betting ad, like I... I might just might just do it, man. Might just do it right right up here. <laughs> nah, that's that's a joke. That's a joke. Look, what things have things are changing around here, people. I have to make that very clear. Also, don't cancel me. Especially because I have the camera on now. <laughs> and that might be a greater threat. But regardless, right? 
there's one sports betting commercial that's out there right now that I've seen more in Tennessee than in Florida. And I don't know why, because this seems like, look, the algorithm is powerful enough now to detect where you are and give you targeted ads based on where you're at now. And even up here in Tennessee, I've been seeing this ad a lot. Like whenever I watch YouTube on my phone, because I don't have ad block on YouTube on my phone like I do on the computer, or, you know, whenever I watch anything that's streaming, I'll get this ad pop up sometimes. And by sometimes, I mean, there was a point for a few weeks where this was like every single ad, this one ad. And it's from Hard Rock, the Hard Rock betting app, which I guess is an extension of uh, Hard Rock Cafe, maybe. And the sad part about it, the thing that pisses me off the most about it is that it's kind of an earworm. Like, you know how you start off like hating it? You'll hear a jingle on the radio, maybe, or you'll hear a commercial or see a commercial that's so damn annoying, and yet you can't get it out of your head. And that's what this commercial was for me. So we're going to pit these two evil, cringe pieces of content together. We're going to pit them against each other. And the game here is to see which one of these is more terrible. And I would love to hear what you guys think about it. So again, you know, leave a comment should you choose. I'm not going to do the influencer thing. So, all right, let me turn on the screen here. Let's watch this together. And it has a lot of aspects of the world that I hate as well, too, you know. Uh, all right, let's start off. Here we go. Let's check this out. Can't believe we can't bet on Florida teams in Florida. We can't bet on any teams in Florida. Ha! We can't bet on anything in Florida. Oh, we can't bet on anything in Florida. Look at this guy. This guy is a stereotypical sports watcher right here. He's, and it looks like there was a period back in the early 2000s where it looked like they dressed up all like generic looking white guys the same, right? You know, they gave them just some sneakers and like uh, an overshirt and like a white t-shirt underneath it. And that was just how they made every white guy look. And I feel like they're kind of bringing that back here. And this guy, you know, this guy looks like a sports better too. Just look at him. He looks like he's refreshing a fantasy football app every five minutes going, Oh my God, did Deontay Sanders get three points or did he? I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. So it's a joke. It's a joke. Oh, thank goodness. This is the guy that you want to be, by the way. Look, this is the cool guy. This is the only uh, sane person in the commercial right here. He's just, he's chilling. He's not overly excited about hard rock bet and being able to bet in Florida. Because, of course, they have to remind you multiple times throughout the commercial that it, it is indeed legal in Florida. And they have to sing it. They have to sing a song to remind you. What else are they going to do? This guy's just chilling on the beach, living the Florida life. Got his girlfriend with him. Just, I, I have a feeling he doesn't really care about sports betting. He's just in it to win it. To win what? I'm not exactly sure, but... He's chilling. He doesn't look like he's overly passionate about sports betting. Good on you, fella. Everybody else looks like they're just f***ing cooming over, yes, sports betting. Yes, I can bet sports betting. Here's another thing that I hate, by the way. 
we'll get through this commercial eventually. And you guys probably noticed this too, right? And maybe have not been able to exactly put it into words, but there's this trend that especially like since apps have come out, right? The marketing companies and the advertising companies haven't really totally figured it out until recently where they've really honed it in and really dialed it in and are just psyoping us to oblivion. But you'll notice, and you'll notice this with a lot of like delivery apps too, where they'll market the solution to everything to you. And all you got to do, you just got to press a button. You just got to press one button on your phone. And the next thing you know, look at this, pay attention to this. Next time you watch commercials for apps or the next time you watch commercials for something that's on your phone, what they'll do is they'll market the solution to every problem you have, everything that you could maybe uh, have any sort of issue with in the world. All you got to do is just, you just got to, you just got to press one button on your phone and then poof, all of a sudden, boom, your problem's fixed, your problem's solved. And there's nothing else you have to do besides press one button on an app on your phone. And I'll tell you right now, the world doesn't work that way, but that's not what these companies want you to think. And they're combining that kind of lazy psyop with now sports betting. So I don't know, man. I see a lot of evil here. That is Florida's Even though it's so joyful. Just imagine. Just imagine seeing this commercial everywhere, seeing this commercial, seeing this 30 seconds of content at least like 12 times a day, at least. And I'm not going to lie, it did kind of get stuck in my head a little bit. All right, so there's option one on who wants to be a hater. Episode two or round two, I guess, with a new purpose to try and root out evil in the world. Not that I have any sort of power or uh, influence whatsoever to root out sports betting evil, but I can try. I can try. Maybe my little little dumbass can make some waves. <laughs> That's not true at all. I'm, I'm legitimately going to have zero impact on sports betting and how prevalent it is in our society and how we are continuously bombarded with fan duel and draft kings and uh, bet sports sports betting bet sports sports betting put money you don't have on it maybe you know because it's going to make us it's going to make our company money but who cares what happens to you as long as you have a good time sports betting <sighs> oh, i hate it i hate it it's evil it's terrible and all right so we have another option here and this is the one this is the song that uh, I heard on the radio on the way back up here because it got to a point, right, where I was like eight hours into a 10-hour drive. I was exhausted. I was out of stuff to listen to. I had gone through my entire playlist already of stuff to listen to. I could have added another two hours onto it, and it was like 4 or 5 a.m., and so eventually it got to a point where now that I'm out of stuff to watch, I'm like... All right, let me turn the phone off. I'll just kind of chill the rest of the way as long as I don't fall asleep. And maybe I'll listen to the radio, especially as I got to a point where, you know, there's no service. There's no service in the mountains between North Carolina and North Carolina. Oh, man, am I really starting to get the country accent? No, no, I won't. I refuse. Maybe I'll let it happen. 
but there's no service in those in like that stretch of mountain road that's just curvy and wavy and what have you for like the last two hours. And so I turn on the radio and I'm just flipping through the radio stations. Look, if you're a zoomer, you have no idea what that means because you've never had to do that in your entire life. But those of us of a certain age, maybe the last vestiges of the people who had the privilege or the misfortune. I'm not really sure, depending on how you want to look at it, of being able to go through and just flip through radio stations. I remember uh, when I was in seventh grade, this is the first time I heard Delilah, by the way, is I, and I don't know how my mom found this, but we were just flipping through stations. When I was in seventh grade, we moved from Florida to Arizona for one year, and then we moved back to Florida. So I spent one year in very formative, young 12-year-old age, at that age, in Arizona. Sometimes, by the way, I wonder what the alternate universe world would have looked like had we just stayed there and never moved back to Florida. I ponder it less and less as life goes on, but sometimes, you know, maybe it'll just, it'll be a thought that creeps into my head. Just a what if. Like that what if Marvel show, except it's not, you know, consumer stupid, stupor. I'm trying to mix stupid and superheroes. Superheroes. <laughs> but I came across a very like gangster rap kind of station. And here's the deal. Normally, I'm obviously not a big fan of most of it. I think most of it just sends the wrong message to people and it's just kind of a terrible genre anyway. Look, there's nothing like 90s rap, man. And I hate to be one of those guys, but, you know, Drake is terrible. Like, Drake is terrible. Name me a good Drake song that's good at all. Also, you know who else is terrible? Kendrick Lamar. His voice is just so damn annoying. Shut up. Shut up. So I don't even know who the fuck this is, by the way. And I heard this song on the local gangster rap station in northern North Carolina. Maybe that explains it. But very rarely will I stop at a rap station. Normally it'll just sound like, you know, a generic beat and lyrics and whatever. And I'll just skip to the next radio station. Right. But this time I found a song that is, that was so bad. That was so bad. I had to sit there and listen to it for a minute just to like make sure it was as bad as I was saying. And I knew that it was terrible, but I had to like revel in how bad it was for just a moment and there were multiple times that this song went through through my head like, really, this is on the radio? And I'll play it for you in just a moment. And of course, probably probably get the YouTube video obliterated by the algorithm. But you know what? It happens. That's okay. For the first time, I was also able to use that app on my phone that like, you know, how when a song is playing, there's some app. I don't even remember what it's called, but I downloaded it at some point where you can open up the app, right, and just kind of hold your phone out, and it'll tell you what song is playing. And I had to do that. I had to do that for this song because it was so damn bad that my first thought was, I, I, have, to, I have to show somebody this song. And fortunately, we have an opportunity to do that now. And we're going to see how long we last with this. Look, fellas, 
if I got to listen to it, you got to listen to it too, man. And this will be the second time that I hear it. And one of the trends that makes rap absolutely terrible right now is you've probably heard a couple songs like this where you have to look at the person that made you listen to this and go, you really, you think this is music? Like it's mumble rap. And all right, this is just so damn terrible. All right, let's just, let's just start it. This is called, uh, oh, here we go, man. This is VZ Week Ass 7. What? And this song is called Not a Drill. He has 195,000 YouTube subscribers. Look, this sh- has 195,000 YouTube subscribers. If, if this isn't, exa- isn't an example of how lost the world is, I don't know what is. What the f am I listening to? Are those words? Are those even words? It doesn't even match the beat, it's just mumbling. What? All right, I, I did hear Scotty Pippen there, though. This is real music, by the way. Apparently, it was on a radio station. You had enough yet? I definitely have, but you know what? We're going to torture ourselves for another like 10 or 15 seconds, maybe. 195,000 YouTube subscribers, by the way. Listen to this. The f- what? What the f- is this, by the way? I understood like three words. And this whole, how long has it been? A minute and a half. I understood like four words the whole time. So I have a feeling I know who's going to win uh, who wants to be a hater round two. But regardless, got to put the option out there. Got to, you know, just throw it out there because we are, of course, playing a game and we have two options. We have Not A Drill by VZ Weak Ass 7 that was on the radio on an actual rap station. Like what? What? But don't let my bias influence your vote. <laughs> you can vote for whoever you want. Look, maybe you think that the Hard Rock uh, betting commercial was more cringe and more evil in a certain way. Which, alright, I could see some arguments for it. But the choice is on you now. I'm not going to influence your decision or your choice in any way. But regardless, the choice is yours and I have to of course put it out there as a vote to the people as we wrap up the second edition with two fantastic options both of them equally viable but there might be a clear winner of the second edition of who wants to be a hater
I kind of like that bit, you know, I think we'll, I think we'll keep doing that, especially now that there's a purpose to it rather than just kind of blindly hating on stuff. Look, don't get me wrong. That Josh Allen commercial from the last time that we did, who wants to be a hater? It was still kind of cringe, but you know, it, there wasn't, it, it wasn't so bad, really. It was just hating. Look, now the hate is fully deserved for both of these, especially one of the options. It's whichever one you picked. <laughs> yeah, I'm pandering like that. Yeah, you're pandering. I know. I know. So, all right, I'm going to take another break. And then when we come back, we will get to the first edition of Lighthouse Shock Jock Bible Study. Whew, man. We're actually doing it. Yeah, that's right. It's not a bit. We're actually going to do it. So stay tuned. And as I mentioned earlier, look, I'll make a separate channel for it too, but it's still going to be part of the main show because that's my duty. That is my duty now. And it's serious. It's serious business. But we'll still have some fun along the way too. Anyway, see you in a sec. All right, we're back. And it's about time to, because it is time to get down to business and get a little bit of purpose in our lives. Mine included, because part of the reason that we're doing Lighthouse Shock Jock Bible Study now is for a little bit of spiritual enlightenment. Now, uh, for those of us, for those of us, as if I don't know what's going on, but if you're watching on the Lighthouse Shock Jock Bible Study channel, what I did was I started a separate channel that I'm going to just post the Bible study segments on. That way, you know, if anybody is not, you know, interested in the rest of the show, like the current events and bits and whatnot, all the stuff that goes on there, all the kind of worldly discussions of our current reality and want to just merely, merely, I say merely as if that's not an admirable thing to strive for, but if all, all you're looking to do is just look up, then sure, I would recommend subscribing to the Lighthouse Shock Jock Bible Study channel. Conversely, if you're watching that channel and would like to listen to the rest of the show, then you can indeed subscribe over on the other channel. It should be down. It should be in the description and it should also be on the channel. But in case it's not, it would be my fault. <laughs> but it is indeed uh, at Lighthouse Shock Jock on YouTube, just, you know, without the Bible study. I would recommend, of course, my personal recommendation would be to listen to the entire show, but I get it. Some people are, some of you guys are not into it. Maybe it gets a little too raunchy on the main show, but my philosophy on that is, look, you kind of, you, you, you got to dance with evil a little bit in order to tango with the people that are doing the evil dance and 
maybe convince them to dance the good dance, if that makes any sense. But I don't know. I'm still, I'm still praying about that and trying to find the, the right way to go there. Speaking of which, uh, there's some, it's not going to happen this time. This time we're going to do, we're going to do James and we're going to go through it together. I'm going to read, it's a pretty short book, so we're going to read all of it. Now the intention for these Bible study segments is, except for next time, by the way, next time we're going to jump around a little bit because there's some, there's some reconciling that I've got to do with a very key personality trait that I have, that I have to get some answers from the Bible on. Cause ultimately, you know, that that's what's got all the answers, right? So next time we'll be jumping around a little bit, but we're going to start off today with James. We're going to go through various parts of the Bible. We're going to read them together. Now the intention with this is that maybe somebody similar to me who has not fully read the Bible in its entirety. And look, I get the irony of doing a Bible study as a person who has or is not a complete Bible scholar, right? But I think it's important to go through it together, right? Maybe we there will be some parts where, you know, both you and I will be experiencing it for the first time. Now, of course, I will have, you know, read them before we do the segment, obviously. That way I at least have a little bit of an idea of what I'm talking about. But even that little bit of an idea of what I could be talking about might be missing some key context from like other parts of the Bible or what have you. So just a little bit of announcements at the start of the segment. Uh, now, if you're watching this on the main channel, like if you're watching this segment as part of the main show and you just want to watch the Bible study segments, plural, then, you know, you can subscribe to that channel too. I might may even make a separate podcast too. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But that's a, that's a to-be-determined kind of issue right now. So we're going to start off with uh, the very first Lighthouse Shock Jock Bible study. Now, full full disclosure here, I've been going to uh, Bible study recently on Wednesday nights. In fact, when we return to doing the live show, which, first of all, I've got some stuff to figure out in life first. Like, hey, I have to find a new job and figure out what my schedule is going to be there before I commit to, you know, doing the live show every week. But for the time being, the tentative plan is to return to doing the live show on Wednesday evenings. Because first of all, that tends to be when I'm the most, uh, you know, inspired to speak. Not just about God, but, you know, in, in general, too. And he kind of gives me the word in other areas of life too. And it just comes to, you know, dealing with our reality that we've got in front of us, right? That's, I, look, I, I can't control when I get the, the word or the inspiration for it. It just, 
happens to be most of the time on Wednesday nights. So I'm going to use that. But at the same time, full disclosure, what we're going to talk about today is, and I'm going to try not to do this, mostly you guys aren't going to know this, but I'll know. And the passage that we're taking today, the book that we're taking today is because we talked about James in our last Bible study group, uh, that happened to be something that I was particularly inspired by, which is why we're talking about it now, right? In the future, we will go our own way. And I'm not just going to take talking points from you know, stuff that I hear throughout the week, because there are multiple times throughout the week that, you know, I talk to friends or, you know, talk to people who are into it, whether it be Bible study or elsewhere. And I'm going to try to not just, you know, take the stuff that is kind of a conglomeration of all the stuff that I've heard throughout the week and do that here. We will go our own way, but This time, for the first one, I did want to take something that I was kind of inspired by. Because as I mentioned on the last show, this this is not a bit, right? This is my attempt to, you know, find meaning in the world, right? Which, in a world that seems so devoid of meaning it happened again where you know I'll be facing something and what do you know what a coincidence coincidence I think not a part from the bible that is shown to me is exactly I'm not going to say the answer here but is perfectly perfectly relevant to what's going on in your life and That is the purpose a lot of the times of, you know, going through the Bible at various points in your life, right, is you'll read the passage, whatever passage you end up on, you could open it to any random page and you could probably find something very close to where you're at of something that is relevant to your life or relates to what you're going through. And that's just kind of the nature of it, right? And that seems to be how, uh, the more that I learn about it, that seems to be how a lot of people end up finding their answers too as to how to continue to go about their life. I mean, of course, you know, praying about it and getting answers from God via the synchronicity of the world, that that helps too, right? But you know, if you're looking for the tomb of wisdom, it's it's right there in front of you, man. And I had one of those situations present presented to me this week where coincidence nope it just so happened that the stuff that James talks about is very very similar to some of the stuff that is going on in life and I'll of course uh we'll go through this and interpret the text as it is and you know we'll just kind of chat as to what it means and Maybe you can apply some of it to stuff that's going on in your life, right? Maybe you'll end up being the one that hears it and goes, oh my gosh, this this is perfect. Like, this is exactly what I needed to hear right now, which 
tends to be how the Bible goes the more and more that I get into it. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some stuff uh, recently that I've still got to reconcile with, and we'll get to that next time. But for now, I don't want to say I want to start easy, but we'll just start with something that I was fairly inspired by recently. So a little bit of background because I do want to, uh, I do kind of want to add a little bit of that to it too. Uh, the Bible is unsure as to, there are a couple different James because they didn't really have, you know, surnames back then. They just had the son of who, son of who, son of who. And so the determination by Bible scholars was that this was the James that who coincidentally enough, fun fact that he was Jesus's brother and he did not believe he was kind of a heretic until, you know, the post-resurrection period where he saw a resurrected Jesus and was like, okay, all right, you got me. All right, I'm, I'm in now. Sure. And that I believe ended up resulting in some of this, uh, some of this writing. So I know it's a letter similar to a lot of the other books in the Bible. I know like when we talked about Romans last week, that was one of Paul's letters to the Romans. And that tends to be the form that a lot of these, at least later New Testament stories come from. And James talks about trials. Hmm. Hmm. Anybody facing a trial? in their life, anybody facing some kind of difficulty could be literally every walking person on this earth facing some kind of trial, which might speak to the universal nature of what the text says and what we can do about it or even how to look at it or how to think about it. So we'll start. I'll skip the, uh, I'll skip the, the greeting of the letter. We'll start with verse two then. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways now we started with this with this passage of course in our bible study group because it's the beginning of the book right and it reminded me of a situation that happened recently right so again another full disclosure here because that I probably will not talk about this. I say on the main show as if this isn't the main show. This is just, you know, the last segment of the main show. So I guess it still counts as the main show, right? Except for the people that are just listening to the Bible study channel, in which case this is the first they're hearing of it. But I lost my job recently. Like that's where, that's when I went to, why I went to Florida, right? Is to turn in all my stuff and leave Florida and come back up here unemployed that's just one of them too or as well but of course that's going to result in 
you know, some kind of lost feeling. Now, before, uh, how do I even approach this? Now, before going to Bible study and reading this book and reading this uh, particular set of verses, right, I had, especially after the discussion that we had last time on the last episode, where again, remember, it's not a bit. That, that's how things are now with me. But literally the day after that live show of the last episode, that was the day that I got the call. It's like, hey, it, this is it. You're not allowed to work remotely. And so this is the, this is basically a two-week notice for your job, right? Or for my job. And sure, I panicked for a little bit, but what I ultimately ended up doing was I decided that, you know what? And for 99% of the time between then and now, I've been like a Zen master about it because that's the real trial. I talked about last time, you know, the, the trial that I felt like that God was putting in front of me was, all right, this is it. This is your mission now is doing the show and helping people and that being your missionary work. But what ended up happening was that was, that was just a start of the trial. The real trial came the next day where it's like, all right, you are claiming that you're putting everything in my hands. This is what, you know, it felt like he said is saying to me, right. Is look, you feel like you feel like you're, uh, giving it all. You feel like you're on board. You really want to prove it. Are you really, really ready to prove it? Are you really ready to prove that you are going to put it all in my hands? And, I thought, yeah, yeah, I am. I think I am. So what I ended up doing was, you know, at a pat in a past phase in life, you know, uh, the part that I talked about last time, the before Christ period, <laughs> the heretic period, right, which was the first 30 years of my life, uh, news like this would have sent me on a complete, complete spiral. I almost swore there, but I'm going to try not to swear on this segment at least. But uh, that it that would have been it. It would have been completely over before, in the before times. That would have sent me into a complete spiral of anxiety, stress. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I just, I'm literally two months into signing a lease on a new apartment that I have to pay for. I have stuff that I got to pay for, I have bills that I got to pay for, don't we all? Right. And I just lost my job. Didn't really have too much of savings. And yet I decided there. Now, of course, uh, the day that I found out, all right, I, I did take like an hour of a little bit of pondering. Ooh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And you know how when the anxiety starts to creep up, your heart will pound. You'll pop, 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 and then it'll get louder and louder, and then eventually you'll just become an anxious wreck. Maybe that's not everybody that has that issue. Maybe that's just uh, millennial-aged people, right? But 
So I did go stress eat Chick-fil-A. But all right, that was it. After that, I decided, all right, as soon as I got home, I'm a Zen master. And I learned in that moment that, okay, you thought the you thought the test was over. You thought the trial was over. He really wants to know if I was all in. He really, really wanted to know if are you in, as I said last time, are you in or are you out? And I thought that was the extent of the test. But no, very next day, here's another test, another trial. Are you really willing to put it all in my hands? And I decided, yes, yes, I was. And I've been a Zen master about it for the last like two weeks since even going to Florida before I went to Florida since the last episode, basically, however long it's been. I don't even remember. You can go back on the YouTube channel and check. I think it's been like, what, two weeks ish, three weeks ish since the last episode. Has been a long time, but I spent, as I said earlier, like around eh, 99 might be giving it a little bit too much credit, but I spent around like 95% of the time with the mood of, as I said earlier, like being a complete Zen master. I was not worried. Whatever is meant to happen is meant to happen. The right job will come along whenever it's meant to. Whenever the right thing appears in front of me, I will follow the path that he sets out in front of me. Basically, is what I decided. But there was that extra 5%. And it was one day because, first of all, I thought I'd be... I don't want to delve too hard into money here, but you know what? As I learned... As soon as it starts to get uncomfortable, that's the go button, right? So there came a point where I thought I was going to be set for a little while. And something came up that, uh, look, I might not get my taxes back. I almost thought that they were going to take them due to student loans. Because I was talking with my mom about it. And then I remembered that, oh, yeah, the student or the student loan moratorium expired last year. Like last year I got my taxes, but in past years they've taken my taxes from student loans because I'm totally, that's almost swore again, because I'm totally delinquent on them, right? Just let them fall off because what am I going to do as poor, freshly post-college grad with no degree because I didn't graduate with a degree because they stopped loaning me money like three years into my degree, so I don't have one, (laughs) but that anxiety, it started again, and it was a familiar feeling from the before times. It's like, oh, oh no, oh no. What am I going to do? What's going to happen? And so one of the things that he wants you to do, and I was talking to my stepbrother about this uh, because he has an issue, you know, too, where when he falls into it, you know, the right thing to do is to like reach out, reach out to him in that moment rather than succumb to the sin of anxiety or whatever it may be of worry, whatever it may be for you. He wants you 
rather than sit in the enemy's feeling to just reach out. Some people have different ways to do it. You know, some people will sit down and listen to worship music. Look, I'm still not that far into it yet. Like still, I'm I'm still working on getting acquainted with worship music. All right. I'm not there yet. Although the church that I go to on Sundays here in Tennessee, like they, they play some bangers. Like I'm pretty down with that, but you know, uh, most worship music, I'm, I don't want to say I'm not down with it because that I've got to stay open-minded about it, but I'll just say I'm just not completely acquainted with it yet. Maybe that's a good way to put it, but how I chose to stop in that feeling and look upwards was look, I decided to have a chat. Now what I'll do is, uh, I'll, I'll look up and I'll just, you know, start having a discussion. I'm not going to do the, the, the formal prayer of, you know, cross my hands and, or do the, the look down. I will, especially when it's just by myself, I will look up and I'll start having a chat as though, you know, you and me just right here are just kind of sitting here chatting. Right. And I'm not going to be formal. I feel like that's not what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to stand on ceremony every time he wants us to have, he wants us to be real with him. Right. And that was a moment as the anxiety was creeping up where it's like, and here's almost exactly how it went. What happened? What happened? I thought I was ready to put my complete faith in you. And yet here I am almost outside of my control, just worrying when I thought that I was ready to walk your path when I was ready to walk the path that you were going to set out for me. And I, of course I prayed about it afterwards too, but you know, for the part that, you know, God really wants to sit with you on when you're at low points, he'll meet you where you're at. And meeting me where I'm at in that case was look, Look, God, we're just gonna, we're just gonna have a chat. We're just gonna have a chat, okay? We're just gonna have a little chat. And did that rather than succumb to the bad stuff that anxiety would make you do before, right? And you know, everybody's got their own triggers. Everybody knows what anxiety is going to cause you to do. Some people may, you know, go back to using drugs or some people may go back to other bad habits that they may have. You know, it, I did consider it for a moment. I almost went out and I bought a, I was about to swear again, almost went out and bought a, like a they're called like Delta eight vapes, right? They're basically like THC. They still get you high. Right. And I was just going to numb, just going to numb it. But instead I had a nice little chat. This was on a Friday and Lo and behold, almost, again, there's no such thing as coincidence. I said this last time, and this will be a common theme throughout this Bible study, is that there's no such thing as coincidence. As soon as we were done having our chat, I probably spent like 45 minutes having a nice little chat and praying about it afterwards. As soon as we were done with that chat, like... Like it was meant to be. Boom, up the microphone. There we go. 
snap. Like it was meant to be. Check my account. There are my taxes deposited into my account. The money that I needed to get me through the next couple months to, you know, survive. Otherwise, I didn't know what I was going to do. Hadn't figured that part out yet. Almost like it was meant to be. And so the trials that he gives us are not always clear at first and are not always what we think they're going to be. Like, as I was talking on the show about, or on the last show, giving my testimonial, right? I thought that was, you know, that that was the biggest trial I was going to get from him. I thought, look, he gave me a clear directive. I'm doing what I think I got to do. I'm doing what I think he wants me to do what it feels like he wants me to do, but that wasn't even the start. He really wants to know, like, all right, are you really, really all in? You really, 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 really all in? Time to test it. Here you go. Here's another trial. And life will always be at those points, by the way. You'll always be facing some kind of trial. And... It's about how you respond to it. Do you follow the path that he sets in front of you? Or do you succumb to old temptations? That's a choice you got to make. Sometimes you'll make the wrong one. But I'm not going to say it's okay. But as long as you sit down figure out what went wrong and make an honest effort to correct yourself. That's, that's good enough. That sounds bad, but you know, it's the effort that counts. You know, God will give you an A for effort. At least based on my experiences so far, which to be fair has been fairly limited. Anyway, let's continuing with, uh, with James here. The next section is the perspective of rich and poor. Let the lowly brother or let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man will also fade away in his pursuits. Now, there's a lot of this in this book, right? A lot of uh, kind of equalization of rich and poor and how you should treat both people, both types of people the same way. And the thing that stands out to me the most about this is, I don't want to say how it demonizes our worldly possessions, but how it makes us kind of fall to our knees in the realization that, you know, our worldly possessions ultimately mean nothing because they're just that. They're worldly possessions that are only meant for us, you know, in this reality that we face up here. Up there, it's, we're not going to have any of those worldly possessions, right? They mean absolutely nothing. They're merely uh, things for our flesh to enjoy. And don't get me wrong, like, we all, we all fall into that. And, One of the things that uh, bothered me before that was kind of a stumbling block to, you know, uh, trying to save or to be saved 
was the idea, the false idea that I had before that uh, you're being judged by not just God, but other Christians too about, oh, you're not perfect. You're not being perfect. Like, do do not see what the Bible says. It clearly outlines all these things that you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. And if you're not like 100% perfect in each one of these scenarios, then that's, that's it. You're going to hell. It's all over. And unless you're perfect 100% of the time, then that's just how it is. It's you're doomed. It's all doomed. Everything's over for you. But I learned that that's not how it goes, right? It's like what I said earlier about a for effort. God will give you an a for effort. Okay. Or, you know, at least a B plus, right? It'll give you some good grade for effort. And that's the point of trying to live a spiritually fulfilling life is the constant effort and the constant iteration of trying to be better, of trying to live without sin, right? And that's, uh, this passage kind of goes into that about how, look, rich, poor, whatever you are, it doesn't matter because we are all made of the same flesh. We're all made of the same, you know, portion of the Holy Spirit that came from God and that he sacrificed his son for, right? It, it, it all came from that. And we're all, I mean, we're different, but we're all the same in that way, right? Where we all have that same spirit inside of us. So it's, again, it's very, very difficult to not look at that in a person, but like their status as to look, how much money do they have? Because ultimately, you know, your status equals your power and your money equals your status equals your power, I guess, is a good equation to use in worldly metrics, right? But none of that matters. None of that matters at all up there. And we can all forget that sometimes. I do. You do. We all do. Except God, of course, you know, because he knows. He knows. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now, the thing that stands out to me about this this, uh, set of verses, right, is the idea. And I feel like, like my perspective as somebody who just did not feel bad about sinning before and just fell into the vicious cycle of sin. Cause that's what that is. That this, that's exactly what this outlines is or as sin, right. Is just this vicious cycle of unfulfillment of continuing to do it, which causes more, which causes more, which causes more, which causes more. Right. And that's ultimately what, what it'll lead you. And it doesn't, I don't think that when it says when it is full grown brings forth death. I don't think that James is talking about literal death here. 
I think he's talking about, you know, death of the spirit, death of spiritual fulfillment, death of your relationship with God, death of the potential of salvation, right? Because that's ultimately what happens when you get wrapped up in, in sin. It just becomes a vicious cycle again and again and again. And ultimately, the sin becomes your full spirit, right? It becomes your full being. And that just becomes what your life is all about. And again, that's another thing that led me away from it. That's another thing that led me away from the enemy. And I don't know if I could classify that as a pendulum effect of going so far from one end of the spectrum to the other. I mean, I'm definitely not so far on the other end of the spectrum. I'm still working at it, as we all are, which we'll get to in terms of judging other people on their, their, you know, a place on the meter, I guess, of progress. But that's what that implies to me, right, is that it's kind of cyclical. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow or turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, but the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And it it sounds to me like, you know, it's discouraging getting wrapped up in these like worldly emotions. Like when you get mad at other people, it tends to serve no purpose. And oh, I have a perfect example of this, by the way, is when I was in Florida, right? One of my, uh, and I know a lot of you guys are probably like this too, right? You'll get mad. You get mad at traffic. And it's especially bad in Florida. It's not as bad up here. But in Florida, everybody's either, you know, an old lady or a young Zoomer that's driving that just zooms right past you and is just on their phone the whole time and is zipping in and out of lanes and seems like it's driving. they're, They're driving in between two lanes. It's really easy to get upset at that, right? And I found when I was in Florida this past time that despite all the terrible drivers, you know, I wasn't as bothered by, uh, by traffic before. Like I used to get mad at it. Like I would scream in my car, like at people. And I didn't feel the need to do that this time. I I felt like I don't really get, I haven't, gotten mad at somebody I don't think in a while definitely since being saved right and I didn't think about that until recently but why is that I think it's because like these worldly conflicts they just they feel so insignificant it's like what are you getting mad at like you're getting mad at some idiot driving in traffic, driving poorly in traffic. Like, really? You're really getting that upset at that? At this worldly conflict that means nothing? I don't know. When when you're looking up and, like, you're, you're kind of seeing the, the grand scheme of what he made for all of us, it all that stuff just pales 
in comparison, just like little stuff, little stuff. I would have like huge, huge patience problems before. And don't get me wrong. I'm definitely far from a saint of patience now, but then I had absolutely zero patience, just none. I'd get triggered by everything, every little thing, which doesn't really seem like it happens as much now. Like, I don't get mad at stupid stuff, I guess. Which is what this this passage kind of reminds me of. Uh, like, be the wrath of man, or for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Like, the wrath of man, especially on other man, like, it, it's all pointless. It's all pointless. All right. On to... Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Now, what really, oh, sorry, audio issues. Oh, there we go. It's gone. What really strikes me about this uh, passage is another thing that I've been thinking about recently, which when I first started my journey to Christianity and to God and to Jesus, right, what I thought would be possible was, okay, let me look at this more from the outside in. Let me look into Christianity more as like a, a scholar. Like maybe I could read the Bible, not fully buy into it, and, you know, maybe kind of go halfway. And I talked about this last time too, but this mindset is prevalent in a lot of the people that like just go to church on Sundays and they don't really get anything out of it or the people that are Christian in namesake only, you know, just for the sake of, being Christian just so that, you know, they're to quell their fear of going to hell and to maybe secure their spot in heaven. Look, if that's, you kind of have to act it out too. And that's what uh, James is saying here is that, okay, you can't look at it from the outside. You have to be like in, in, you have to be doing stuff. You have to be practicing. You have to be following the word. You can't just look at it from the outside in and be a bona fide Christian. That's not how it works. Like, sure, I talked a lot about, you know, cultivating a relationship with God, but that's great. That is absolutely necessary to do. But at the same time, you know, you also have to like, you have to do the thing, man. You have to get into it. You have to know the word. You have to actually practice the word. You have to 
actually be it instead of be able to look at it from the outside, which is what I thought I could do when I first got into it. It took, you know, getting farther into it and, you know, learning more about what it meant before having to actually go all in and having to decide, like, all right, is, is this, is this it? Like, is this what I want to do? Is this what is calling to me? And ultimately, yes, you know, all the answers led to God or all the questions led to God. And so the decision was made and he's put me in some very uncomfortable positions, you know, trials, one may say, (laughs) one may say, but you know, ultimately I'd like to think that I've done my best at, you know, uh, doing what he's asked so far, at least in terms of what he, the directives that he's giving me completely. Now, the thing that I need to do, do better at is, you know, engulfing myself more in the word and learning it a little bit better. That way also, you know, I'll have a little bit of an idea for what I'm actually talking about too. But as a start, you know, I would like to think that I'm doing everything that I am being asked of so far. And I'm not saying I'm doing it to be rewarded for it, but ultimately the reward is greater spiritual fulfillment and a greater cultivation of that relationship with him. You know, it feels good knowing that, you know, the more things that I do, the more kind of trials that I get through, the more directives that I follow from him, the more possibilities open up. And it's, it's funny how that works, right? It's really funny how that works. So those are the first two chapters. Uh, I'm sure we'll continue more of it. I, of course, would eventually like to get through the entire Bible. Who knows how long that's going to take. But what are you going to do once it's over? <laughs> Start it again. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't figured that part out yet. There's plenty of it to go through. And it's going to get really interesting, especially when we get into Old Testament stuff that, you know, even the most dedicated uh, Bible scholars that I know in my family even have issues with. Like uh, some people that I talk to have, you know, I, I forget exactly who told me this. It was definitely somebody, a member of my family up here in Tennessee, but I forget exactly who said it, was talking about one day when we were all hanging out about how, you know, they were going through the Old Testament and they had to stop and go, I don't know if I like this. Like, God, you got to help me understand. Like, what's, to put it quite simply, like, what was the deal here, man? Like, and that's the thing, though. You don't have to fully understand. And that's another thing that I had a hard time uh, dealing with is the fact that, you know, look, you're just straight up not going to understand everything. That's kind of part of what having the faith is all about, you know? So anyway, next time, uh, we're going to jump around a little bit. We'll do a couple of different chapters from a couple of different books because there's some things that I have to reconcile with. And I'm going to talk about a very huge personal trial again, you know, similar this time trials you know now it's a theme that 
I haven't figured out how I'm going to handle yet. And honestly, in my prayers, it, I feel like I'm not like getting anything back. And of course I'm not, you know, uh, going to go into the doom, doomer mindset of like, is he just abandoning me on this? Cause that's definitely not the case. You know, it, it'll come when it's ready. The answer will come. He will give me the message when I'm ready for it, which also scares me. You know what? Maybe I'm not ready for it now. Like what's, what's going on there. But maybe next week we'll kind of help illuminate some of that a little bit. That's what we'll do next time. We'll go back to, there's a key important part of Romans that we'll deal with next time, which leads into a couple of other passages. There's one of them from Corinthians that we'll have to go through too, because it's, it's relevant to a crossroads that I'm at in life that I'm not quite sure uh, where to go on. And I feel like the answer that I want to have is not going to be the same as definitely as the answer or as the Bible's answer. But that's, that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking him about him about what I'm asking God about is, is there a viable path forward the way that I'm doing things now on this or is there not? I don't know, but we'll go over some of that because of course it helps when you're, oh my gosh, this, I'm glad it's the end of the show because this audio stuff is patience again, patience, Zen master, but what was I saying? Oh yeah. Like I feel like, uh, Definitely the answer that the Bible has, at least explicitly, is not the answer that I want to hear, which means, you know, maybe that's why I haven't heard back from God yet, or that's why I feel like this prayer is kind of dead in the water at the moment, is because the message is like, look, it's right in front of you. It's right in front of you. So, I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure. But we'll deal with that next time. We'll we'll go through all the relevant Bible passages on this, and we'll see if maybe there's any reconciliation to be had. And I know I'm being vague about this because it's a huge, huge piece of personal news that is not personal news. I probably said it on the show before, but it's very at odds with the Christian way. And I'm curious if there's any way of reconciling that way with still having a viable path with God. So I don't know. That'll be next time. Sounds really fake, but that's how it is. But we'll get there anyway. Thanks for listening. We'll start the show live again at some point, probably another couple pre-recorded episodes for the time being. We'll figure it out though. Anyway, until next time, bye.
That's it. I'm out of here.